our, our culture says, pay attention to now. And even sort of the Christianity of our day is about you right now. So the idea to look futuristically, the idea to look in faith at the future and even the afterlife it is not promoted. It's not looked at as something that we should be disciplining ourselves to do and to reflect on. Hi, this is Ben Lowell with Back to the Bible Canada's Truth and Life Today with Dr. John Newfeld and of course in doubts Isaac Dagno. It's great to have you guys with us again this Thank week. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, it's exciting, you know, every week to come together and talk about uh, different issues that uh, people are always asking us about. And uh, last couple of weeks we were able to have uh, 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 Shane Weeb here and yeah. we talked about worship. And I was just, a, a, he has, he's got a lot to say about worship. He does. That's his life music. Yeah. And uh, we were grateful to have him here. But this week, uh, we're talking about an issue that uh, is, is difficult for many people to discuss. In fact, it's probably an issue that people strive not to talk too much about in our culture and society today. And uh, I know it's an issue that, uh, um, you know, as we go around and travel around, uh, people find it really tough. And it's the issue of hell. And our understanding of hell, a biblical understanding of hell, a theology, I guess, of hell. And uh, recently, John, you did a, a one-week series or five-message series on hell. And we talked about the importance of that. Uh, not too many months ago, you did a series on heaven. And that was a great series. And we had such incredible response. But we felt, you know, it's just as important uh, that we discuss uh, what Jesus had to say and what the Bible has to say about hell. So for us it's important. How would you describe it to our audience? Why is it important that we understand uh, a biblical understanding of hell? Well, I would probably start by saying that what is tied to the doctrine of hell is the doctrine of the glory of God. Hmm. Take away the need for hell and you no longer have an altogether glorious God. And why do I say that? Well, Ben, I would say first of all, um, if the offense against God is not an eternal offense, then clearly he is not as great as we thought he was. So we have to say that, um, you know, we always say that in the realm of earthly events, uh, the greater the offense, the greater the punishment. So, I mean, we would never um, give somebody the death sentence for going 10 kilometers an hour over the speed limit. It's not that great of an offense or parking in, in somebody's spot in front of their office or whatever else that individuals do. Indeed, we wouldn't give an offense of theft of a local corner store the same as killing someone. So we're saying that we always understand that the greater the crime, the greater the punishment. So we need to ask ourselves if an offense is committed against God, which is what sin is. It is to denigrate his holiness. Hmm. I mean, the, veer, the merest sense, uh, Isaac and Ben, that we don't rise every single day, and the first impulse is to fall to our knees and to give overwhelming, grateful thanks to God for life and for everything that we have mm -hmm. and spend our day yeah. glorifying God. It is what we owe to God. Yeah. And every single sin is a denigration of him who is ultimately holy. Yeah. So if that is not an eternal crime, then God is not the eternal glorious being. Yeah. So those two events are connected to one another and no amount of hedging is gonna get us out of that. And that's why in Psalm 51, when David is confessing his sins, literally of adultery and murder, he says against you, yeah. you only, to God he's saying this, have I sinned. 
Exactly, and, and you know, Isaac, sometimes people say, you know, that's somehow lessening it because he really sinned against Bathsheba, he really sinned against right. her husband. Right. Uh, but as a matter of fact, there's nothing greater than David could have said. I sinned yeah. directly yeah. against the God who made me. That's right. So what do you think uh, is the cause of our reluctance in our culture today to accept any belief even in hell? I think we've seen a sea change in our day, Ben, and I think we have gone from a worldview, which was the biblical worldview of an altogether righteous God who has uh, demands of righteousness on our lives, to the altogether inclusive God mm -hmm. who is bound and determined to accept us regardless of where we are. Mm -hmm. So we, we have shifted the, the God of the Bible to a, what I'm going to say is just simply an idolatrous God, but it is the God of our culture. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes you get even believers saying things like, I mean, I could never believe in a God who sends people to hell. Mm -hmm. It's because they've already begun with a God who is not the God of Scripture. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would begin there and simply say, that's where the beginning part is. Mm -hmm. And then I find two different areas that people break out into. You have those few people who say, you know, I remember as a kid getting these horrible messages on hell and they frightened me so badly, I never want to hear them again. And then on the other hand, you have the great mass of people who have never in their lifetime heard a message on hell, and because it's never been said, they have no basis upon which to accept it or any yeah. biblical foundation yeah. for it. I'd be interested to know, Isaac, when you talk to young adults, do, do any of them ever bring up the issue of hell? Well, not really. So, you know, and you, you, what you just said was exactly right, and I am that generation. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you hear a lot of, let's say, baby boomers and stuff like that talking about their stories of, you know, being in a, a home that was kind of fire, hell, and brimstone. And then all of my generation look at that and be like, well, that wasn't, I don't even know what that is. I haven't even, I haven't heard that before. Yeah. So when it comes to the millennials' understanding of, of hell, I think the first point is many just have not even thought about it. They just haven't. Uh, our, our culture says, pay attention to now. And even sort of the Christianity of our day is about you right now. So the idea to look futuristically, the idea to look in faith at the future and even the afterlife it is not promoted. It's not looked at as something that we should be disciplining ourselves to do and to reflect on the afterlife. It's just not, not there. Even, even heaven, it's just yeah. not there. Well, I was going to say even heaven. I yep. mean, when you talk... Uh, to, to young people or you watch the media or whatever the concern is, it really is about the here and now. Here's how you can uh, fulfill your, your need for pleasure today. And so there's no reference to heaven and hell. Exactly. Uh, so should we be talking about hell today? Well, we should. We should talk about both heaven and hell because, first of all, there is no basis for the word hope in Scripture. You know, these three abide, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is, is love. But the three greatest virtues that we can have, faith, hope, and love, hope has a reference point in a future event. Yeah. And so without talking about heaven and building an expectation of it and a theology of it, there is no hope that you have. Mm -hmm. So our hope is in heaven, says the scripture. So, so that's what we have. But also we need to remember that nobody spoke about hell more than Jesus did. Um, it's not that Jesus was the only one speaking about it, but he referenced it more often than we find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so for Jesus, it was so important. But John the Baptist already set that up. He said, you know, those who will not repent when the kingdom comes, they will be burned in an unquenchable fire. Jesus, of course, in Mark 7 picks that up and says, where their worm does not die. 
So he wants to make sure that we understand that while the fire keeps burning, life keeps on going mm -hmm. and the word keeps on being the word everlasting. Mm -hmm. Some to everlasting life, yeah. some to everlasting contempt. So if it's everlasting the life, it's everlasting the contempt. So these are the issues that stand before the human race. And in just a few short years, you know, Isaac and I were talking about this just beforehand because um, I'm more than twice your age. Right. I view death as- Just a, barely. Buddy. Just barely, <laughs> I get that. So, but I view my own death mm -hmm. as a very present mm -hmm. event. It's coming very quickly now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that. Mm -hmm. um, so to actually erase from our minds this mm -hmm. is to erase from our minds something that God so desperately wants us think about yeah so I think that's a story. you know we want to uh, next week talk a little bit more about the the things that Jesus did say yeah. and uh, but you know uh, this past week we've been talking quite a bit about the anniversary of back to the Bible and Theodore Epp and those types of things and he did a great message on the assurance of salvation and you pointed out something very interesting to me that I thought maybe it's applicable to the subject of hell when when we talk about the assurance of salvation Back in the day of my dad, their greatest concern was their guilt, yeah. right? I, I could never uh, amount to enough to deserve heaven. Mm -hmm. And going back to today's culture and the millennials, it's like, how could anybody deny me heaven? I should be loved. I deserve to be loved. And I wonder if that has something to do with the, with the hell issue today, that the, the very thought of actually there being a hell is so contrary mm -hmm. to who God should be. Well, I think people believe in hell for the worst of the worst. Adolf Hitler should go there. Mm -hmm. So there's a recent case in which a popular U.S. politician had said, you know, for anyone who molests children, I mean, that's where they're going. They're going to hell. So we've got this, we know who's going to hell, and it ain't us. It's the worst of these kind of individuals. So, you know, this, this idea that the vast majority of us are just fine. We're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. uh, again, it belies the need for Christ to suffer on our behalf. Yeah. I mean, what was he praying about in the garden when he sweat blood drops, you know, you know drops of blood were, were falling down. Father, if it at all be possible, let this cup, cup of the wrath of God, yeah. be removed from me. Yeah. So it's not possible. That's... That's the point. Yeah. And kind of to go, you know, circular back to what John first said, it's really we got to talk about the glory of God. And an aspect of that is his righteousness and his justice. And I think for a lot of people that deny um, the, maybe the existence of hell or think that they are definitely not going to go there, they're going to go to heaven or whatever, they, they've misunderstood the, the weight of the righteousness of God yeah. and the justice of God. Yeah, you've mentioned this before in your Roman series, I think, John, that, you know, sometimes we, we take an attribute of God, God is love, and then all of a sudden that's all that God is. God is only love, and instead of uh, righteousness, yeah. instead of justice, yeah. and all those things together. And then when we do that, there's another additional error. We compound our, our problems, and our problems is then we understand love in terms of how our culture defines it, mm -hmm. which we mean as positive regard regardless of our ethical actions. Mm -hmm. And so we, we assume that's what we mean. Yeah. And then having assumed that, we assume, well, since that's what we believe, wouldn't God believe what we believe? Right. And so we betray that all that God is for us is an extension of our thoughts. Yeah. And it really comes back to our understanding of Scripture, doesn't it? 
And uh, one of the things that we recognize, and I know that, you know, we have people that, that don't like the idea that we'll talk about hell or that you'll teach about hell. And, uh, uh, you know, but, but we recognize that if we're going to be faithful to the text, faithful to the word of God, hell is going to come up. And hell is going to come up many more times than people would perhaps consider it would. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have uh, much more to talk about next week on this issue of hell. We'll talk about some of the things that Jesus said about hell. And we'll talk about uh, a little bit about how do we approach the issue of hell today uh, to those in the millennial generation. Join us again next week right here on Truth and Life Today. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth and Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth and Life Today. Thank you.